Welcome back, everybody. Just a reminder, this is the prelude episode. It's going to be two people just talking for uh, about 20 minutes or so, just giving you the full backstory into the next trip. So go ahead and skip to the next trip if you like the action only and you don't want to hear the backstory. Otherwise, uh, stay tuned. So we just wrapped up trip number two. I think we can all agree that it was quite profound and amazing. You know, I ran into God, didn't expect to see God at all. Uh, And uh, it took me a while to get there. And uh, not a lot of profound things were covered in the lead up. And so, um, I, low, you know, long story short, I didn't get the answers and stuff that I was really seeking. So I wanted to go a little deeper, and I had done some previous research about ayahuasca, and it basically promises to take you all the way in and give you all the answers you've ever wanted, and you know, and then some. So um, I uh, pursued that avenue. There are legal avenues to uh, to procure ayahuasca, and I pursued those avenues. So um, this episode really is just talking about, you know, bridging the gap between the last episode and or, or the last trip and, and the next trip. It's covering how and why I got ayahuasca and the differences between ayahuasca and mushrooms and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really it guys. Let's jump into it. My journey through the Pantheos. Prelude. All right, we're, we are recording. All right, y'all. So, so since the last time we all spoke, we discussed, you know, my, my first experience with any psychedelics, that first little dip your toe in the water thing. Second episode, of course, was my first kind of, you know, God experience in, in, in my, you know, hometown where I grew up in. And, and now we're kind of picking it up of how I got into the deeper, like, ayahuasca kind of stuff. And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of what this episode will be like, chronicling why I got into ayahuasca, what my first few experiences were like. And uh, yeah, that's it's kind of kind of be the intro. Still a lot of crazy stuff. So um, okay, so start yeah. with was this your first ayahuasca experience? Yes, absolutely. So first, let's talk about what ayahuasca tastes like. Oh, so so ayahuasca tastes like ah, it, it's so you know how dry raw cinnamon is in its powder form. You know how dry that is. Yep. Um, the cinnamon challenge. Yes, the cinnamon challenge. People cannot make it through there because it's so damn dry. You have to cough, and so it's even though it's in liquid form and it's it's a tea, it is drier than cinnamon, and it tastes like if you crushed up aspirin and then mixed it with the most bitter coffee you've ever tasted in your entire life, and so like drier than cinnamon, aspirin bitterest of bitter coffee there is nothing pleasant about the taste like like i don't there no no way in a million years could that ever taste any kind of way appealing it is disgusting okay so there's there's your answer there after your experiences in manville on on the mushrooms Mm -hmm. what made you decide to take the leap to ayahuasca all right so um those first two times were unbelievably amazing i i had experienced God for the first time in my life, you know, I was a, an agnostic and a nihilist on top of that. 
um, just in a very bad place. And those first two experiences gave me a little morsel of what well, you know what being healthy would be like. But I know I knew I wasn't quite to the point. You know, um, you you really need to like when you go on these crazy experiences, like to go all in. Like they they have what they call an ego death. Where that's when you get the most healing is like when you surrender to to dying essentially, and I definitely did not get those on those first two experiences, and I knew that was kind of my goal, and so after those after that second mushroom experience in in Manville, um, I still had a, a a second bag, and that's about five grams worth of mushrooms, and I was I was I was like dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a couple days, and I'm gonna take that full freaking bag and go. And they call it a heroic dose, and go all in, and see what that what happens. And so I did that. I was in Manville. My girlfriend and I um, went down uh, to Manville, and I, I did them. I did a full bag, and nothing freaking happened. <laughs> like the so, only so zero. Yeah, and just like a normal night. Well, kind of, I, there was a little bit like I saw like grass growing through the the floorboards of the of the pool house, and it was it was as if I saw the land that would be there if the pool house wasn't there. Like I could see through it, and see grass, and so that was about the only cool thing that happened. Um, I saw like a little woman, uh, like goddess looking face in the wood grains of the ceiling of the pool house but it wasn't moving it wasn't talking wasn't doing anything it was just a face that kind of you know that was it it was nothing amazing so what what were you seeking then when this heroic dose like what did you expect to get out of it not just to what you would experience but how it would change you so uh, psilocybin is just as powerful as as you know DMT right Mm -hmm. But in different ways, and the and the way what I was told and what I've experienced also is that with with psilocybin you have to interpret what is being shown to you, and if you if you're kind of like a if you never like question things or analyze things, you're not going to get much out of these experiences other other than seeing cool stuff and be like, oh, that was cool. But if you're insightful and self reflective, you'll get um, these amazing, beautiful life lessons out of these experiences but with psilocybin it's like charades like i see god a lot or what i interpret as god anyway and god on mushrooms you're playing charades with it and it's trying and it's showing you things and you have to guess and it will let you know if you got it right like like it'll like clue in like you'll know when you get the answer right but on on dmt it straight up can just tell you like it's just like hey this is what this is your lesson and blah and it, and it just tells you and so um, so that's what I was hoping to get out of that experience was I'm going to go all in I'm going to see the psilocybin deep dive and see what it shows me and it fucking showed me nothing <laughs> like it showed me grass growing okay up. But, but I guess what I'm getting at is like what were you looking for like what would yeah why did you go down this route good good question so so my, um, I, I was a depressed person, and, and I talked about this in episode one, but it's worth 
it's worth rehashing because there was a clarification that I wanted to make. Well, so because what I want to see is like, okay, okay you had some depressive I- issues. Uh-huh. Were you hoping that that doing this would would cure the depression and you would come out of this a better person, or what? What was like the the goal of of this? Yes. So the goal was I was definitely depressed. I, I also was nihilistic on top of that, and that's a self repeating you know loop of spiral of doom, and the the. The clarification I wanted to make was in episode one, um, the the other guy who interviews me, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, I was talking to him, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm, I was I've been nihilistic for so long," and he's like, "Well, you know, nihilism. It's kind of like you know, you, you you don't think life has a purpose, and you kind of just go with the flow." And just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but that's really not what nihilism is. I mean, it, that's part of it. That's like a symptom of nihilism, though. Nihilism, especially for me in my form, was thinking that everything not only doesn't have a purpose but there's nothing special about anything like my life not special everyone's life on the planet not special this planet not special our solar system our galaxy our super cluster you know like uh, our local group or whatever of galaxies nothing special or just our universe in general yeah our universe may not it may be one of uh, infinite and we're not special there either and so there, it is a, it is a very, there, you know, there's no God and all this stuff. It is very depressing to think that nothing matters, nothing you do or ever do means a fuck, you know. Yep. And so that plus my depression, plus this all fed into, um, I was just, I was just, let's just say that I was doing stuff. I think, I think most people, or I say this. I mean, I'm saying it as myself, right? I think most people at, at some point in their life go through a bad time and they can get locked into stuff that they shouldn't be doing that they want to stop. And and I was I was kind of looped into like I, I had gone through like a very in my opinion, I mean there's there are worse divorces, but I went through a very hard divorce and I got kind of stuck in a rut that was not sustainable, especially if I have a new person in my life. And in meeting my current girlfriend, I was like, there is stuff about me that absolutely needs to change and now before I can move forward. And and you know, and so that's that's what I was trying to get out of it is is the therapeutic instant rifle shot to to health and the right way. So okay, well because I don't want to get too sidetracked on the therapy aspect of it, but mm-hmm. I guess my question is, why did you choose? Was it the shortcut to to better health rather than like trying to you know work on yourself or you know like yeah. working out or or you know therapy or something like that? Like if you felt like you were in the rut, was this to you in your mind? Is this is just like a this is a shortcut to better mental health? Yes and no. I wouldn't call it a shortcut per se. It, it is a shortcut, but it is the best way, honestly. Like, like, like therapy, I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, 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 I'm not saying that I'm PhD smart, but I would, I would not say that I'm dumb. I, I unless a, a mofo impresses the ever-loving, if Jordan Peterson was my therapist... Mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, let me listen to you. Like, 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 you're a very insightful person. I think most uh, people, 
that I would sit across the, the table from, I, I think I could be like, man, I, I don't buy what you're saying, you know, like, so it's that part of it. Like, I think therapy, you're either going to get something out of it or you're not. You think that's part of your problem? That might be. That, that might that be. That you think you know better or that, that, that <laughs> there's uh, that you have nothing to learn from, from others? Well, no, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. Like, like what I'm saying here is that, that and I know I just sounded like a total asshole. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm smarter than this guy sitting across. No, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. You, you, you approach it with a, with a certain amount of skepticism that may not even be warranted, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, is like I'm sitting across the table from another human that's trying to tell me what I should and shouldn't do, or, or let's analyze that. And, and, and that will either, either you get a good therapist that works well with you, or you don't. And even if you get a good therapist... Is it going to actually hit the right buttons and and last? And um, you know, I, I've seen my you know people that I know go through years and years and years of therapy. And would I say that it helped them? I honestly probably would say no. And and what what these these very you know intense psychedelics what they do to you is they it's your you're sitting across the table from yourself and then. And so it's it's your own you are your own therapist and you know you the best. In fact, your subconscious knows you better than your conscious does, and your subconscious will pull out these things that slap you in the face that you've been pushing under the rug and hiding from yourself and others. Um, you know, the shadow or whatever you want to call it. It it smacks that smacks you in the face directly with that and makes you like so it is the best therapist. Like you can't lie to this stuff, man. It's 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 you, and then furthermore, it's God. Like like it's to me, it's like. And I have a theory about how your consciousness is a channel to God. And so to me, it's like my consciousness is a is a fraction. It's like a subdivided God version of God. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm saying that that. That magic of consciousness is is a is a stream of God, like a estuary or whatever. Yeah, you want to, and I know what you're saying. But but that, that's that's why I wanted to do it is because it is the most holistic, like to your core healing, and it is a shortcut for sure. But it's the best way. Well, honestly, so so I'm not saying it is a shortcut, mm-hmm. but I mean there there's more and more research now. Where psychedelics are being used to treat people with post-traumatic stress and things like that, so I think, oh yeah, I think that that this may be the most effective yep. form of therapy. Oh yeah, it could be. I don't know, but um, and that's science it, needs to come kinda, in. This is kind of the wild west right now. Yep, um, science for sure needs to come in because science will be able to scientists will be able to figure out. I, I bet you anything, they will be able at at some point be able to finely tune. The psychedelic trip that you need, like it's like, hey, this person has these problems. Okay, well, let's let's change the chemistry this much in this way, so that this person does not have a hellish experience. Sometimes you actually do need a hellish experience, but yeah, well, I'm wondering if part of it though is the journey through your subconscious that creates the healing. Like if, if they just tailor made it for you, like maybe it's not really what creates the healing it's the the, the self-discovery of that it is that's part of it for sure so, anyways okay yeah so so let's get back to your experience so you 
So are yeah. you ready to get to that point? Or so do you I have some more context. You want well, well, I want to get. I want to get to the why I went to ayahuasca. Okay, we haven't finished that question per se. So, um, I I had my 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 heroic dose, and that was really in my mind. I was like, maybe I don't have to go down the ayahuasca path. That's a little intense. Maybe I can spend far less money. Mm-hmm. And, and do a really intense mushroom trip and maybe do a, a handful of those and I'm good. So I had that rather disappointing heroic dose trip and I woke up the next morning, like I gotta admit, I was fucking pissed off. Like I was like, dude, I'm trying my best to go all in here and trying to heal and I got nothing. And, and so I was like, I literally, I woke up the next morning, got on IOQuest, filled out the form. Like you had to fill, fill out a, uh, a, uh, they screen you first. Like you have to go in for the right reasons. They're not going to just take anyone, right? Is this the church that's on that Netflix? Um, yes. Special. It's on um, Vice. Well, there was a Netflix show called Unwell, I think, that profiled a church in Florida. Is so that, that Kentucky. So this is in Kentucky. Oh, so it's a different but, one. Okay. But they also they have one in Florida too. The one in Kentucky was covered by the that show Vice or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so. I signed up like they won't take anyone like you have to have a legit reason just like I said like you shouldn't go this deep into psychedelics unless you have like stuff that you're trying to heal from they're not going to take someone who's just like yeah man I think it sounds cool like I gave them all of my reasons and, and listed them out in very good detail I thought I might even get rejected but they accepted and so yeah so for, for those who are hearing this for the first time you if you're interested in psychedelic or in um, in ayahuasca, so I'm I'm gonna skip over this part where I talk about the exact way I went about procuring the uh, the ayahuasca. I don't want to bring heat on the actual place I got it from, nor the industry overall. Uh, technically, it is legal, but again, there might be some weird loopholes that blah blah blah. I just don't want to bring heat, so I'm not going to. Uh, we'll just skip over this part, basically. But that's why I got into ayahuasca. I wasn't going to do it. I didn't honestly have the balls to do it until that next morning when I woke up and I was like, I didn't get anything out of this and I, I didn't come this far to, to give up. And I was just like, I'm doing it. Again, I'm not going to go over this part, but uh, just suffice it to say that I was able to get ayahuasca and it also took a while for me to get it. And so whenever I actually eventually got it, 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 it kind of was scary. And then I'll tell you why here. I had a very, very much of an oh shit moment. Like, um, there's a reason why the Peruvians call this the death fine. Like, the word, like literally the Peruvians call ayahuasca the death fine. Because you die when you, you basically die when you do ayahuasca in your mind. And having something... That is called the death vine. And now you're holding it in your hands and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to take this and I'm going to die. Like, it scared the shit out of me. And so, uh, but I was there, you know, and and I was, I, you have to join these um, uh, Zoom meetings, basically, like the, the, the church members or whatever, so, so that they can guide you through because this is very powerful stuff. They don't want you just randomly taking it and like doing something stupid. They they actually demand that you join a Zoom, a couple Zoom calls to get acclimated, and um, they'll tell you how to do it. I thought that they were going to watch me do it, and I was like, that's kind of weird. But 
they didn't. Instead, they they just give you instructions on how to do it. And so their recommendation was, you know, take a tiny bit, like kind of microdose your way into a bigger dose. And so that's what I did. My first time I did it was, um, I think I did like two tablespoons of it. And it didn't do a freaking thing. It was just disgusting, and it did not do anything. Um, like I was, I was like, this is the most powerful psychedelic known to man. Like this is this is, this is just garbage, you know. And um, then I did it. Unlike mushrooms, if you do these consecutively, if you do ayahuasca consecutively, there is no like um, tolerance that that gets built up. You can just keep going, and it's still as powerful. So the next day, I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to do three um, uh, tablespoons. Three tablespoons didn't do anything. And so then I actually finally did my requisite research, and I found out, like, oh, you really should be doing, like, eight tablespoons if you want to experience anything. And so I got back on the, the, uh, the call with the guy, and I was, like, I was like, hey, man, like, it's not, like, it really wasn't working. He's like, dude, like, you need to do about a Dixie Cup's worth um, and that's about, what was it, three ounces. And so three ounces, I forget how much of a cup that is. Uh, like, it, I don't know. But the cup is 16 ounces, right? Okay. So okay. almost a quarter cup. Yeah. So is it three ounces or is it six that, that I did? No, it's three ounces. And so he goes, you, you do, in order for you to see what you are seeking, you know, to have that experience, you need to do three ounces, wait about 30 minutes, do another three ounces, wait about an hour, and if nothing happens, then you eat some food, like usually some potato chips, or uh, they also recommend like a banana or an apple. And I don't know all of the science. I don't even know if what, what I'm about to say is true, but apparently um, your gallbladder holds on to the DMT. Uh, and if you eat something your gallbladder gets distracted by what it's, it needs to process this other thing or something and it releases the DMT. And so by eating something, you can just get dropped right into your experience. And so... So did it work? Uh, yes and no. Okay, we're going to go ahead and cut us off right now. Sorry about that. But we're, now we're starting to get into the beginnings of the third trip. So just tune back in in a little bit and we'll have the third trip episode ready for you and get ready because it is freaking crazy, y'all. It is the craziest one yet. Oh my gosh, you're not even going to believe it. Terrifying stuff. Yeah, see you in a little bit.